A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Ryan Foland. It's great to be here, even though I'm late, but it doesn't mean <laughs> that the show's not going to be great. And it rhymed. You're, you're a genius lyricist. Amazing stuff. I was actually looking at videos about you, and you've got a reel of people saying what they think about you. And apparently, you're amazingly good at self-promotion whilst putting the others at the center of the conversation, which is great talent. You're a firecracker, you're smart, and you're the ginger MC. So we're, do we're yeah, doing a good job that. here. Yeah, and I'm actually known to rap quite a bit. So uh, it's one of the most difficult things to do, which is why it's fun to challenge yourself in the moment, in real time, and makes life exciting. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, you can rap somewhere in the middle. When, whenever you feel like it, go for a rap. Uh, and if it all falls apart, I'll try and help out. Um, but I'm probably not good, very good, good at it. Um, right. Uh, welcome to the show. We're in the middle of a big entity-based content model test uh, experiment with WordLift, where we're trying to build an entity-based entity content model around this podcast. And you are now officially part of the, um, the experiment. And in fact, you were before... You even appeared because we now rank number nine on YouTube for your name with a video, this video, that hadn't even happened. Now, Brilliant. I want to know how that works, and I want more. I want to buy. I want more. <laughs> well, we're basically aiming to rank for people on people's personal brand SERP. So I will now appear on your Google brand SERP, on your YouTube brand SERP, and I will haunt you for the rest of your life, and you will hate me. Um, but right now, this, this whole experiment is moving forward very quickly because we've got three events in the knowledge graph as of today for you. Your name brought up nothing in the knowledge graph until literally today. And today it's brought up three events. The, hang on, what was it? The UX British, no, the UX uh, workers, hang on, the UX, oh, I can't even read my own writing. Oh, Barnes and Noble and a UX conference. And what seems to be happening is that things that are linked to this podcast are now moving into the knowledge graph. We've got Neil Schaefer in today. I got my sister in. She's not done the podcast, but she's my sister, and so she's related to it indirectly. My own father, and you'll like this, a character I created called Daddy Koala, who's just got a big boost in the knowledge graph, partially thanks to you. Nice. Well, you know what? I'm glad that I can help. And it sounds like it's a weird, wide web that you've created. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit weird. I definitely agree it's a bit weird. But uh, And it's all, it's all word lift, and it's an experiment to see what we can do. And uh, you, you right now, you have a lovely knowledge panel. We're going to push you into the knowledge graph, whether you like it or not, and I will appear in your brand set. So let's move on to the actual show itself. Uh, lovely to meet you, the Ginger MC. Can you tell me why you think it's a good idea to call yourself the Ginger MC? You know, it was it's sometimes the best ideas don't come from you. This is something that I was called and I adopted. Uh, it's a good lesson just to listen and see what people think about you and then figure out what elements you want to own. Now, when it comes to personal branding, which I'm passionate about, which is just marketing people and typically marketing yourself, my definition of a personal brand is not just what you want to be known for. And it is not just what everybody else thinks. It's actually the right. intersection between the two. So one of the first exercises I work with people, and this is in my book, Ditch the Act, is a rapid reflection discovery process. It's like an analog version of the magic that you're doing behind the scenes on the web. 
the process right. is simple. You go out to your friends and your family and you put out the, I guess you crawl, like, right? You crawl your friends and family. And you say, if you had to describe me to somebody that doesn't know who I am, yeah. what keywords would you use? Okay. And then independently, um, I would sit down and say, these are all the keywords that I want to be identified with. Then I gather the data and I gather my data and I see where they land. And so if somebody thinks of me as a speaker and I want to be known as a speaker, that's a core element that now I can own because Jason, it's easier to convince people of something that they already know, as opposed to trying to get them to think right. of you in a new way. So I already know you're ginger because I just have to look at your photos to know it. Uh, so I've completely embraced ginger MC. And because I can see Ditch the Act, which is really not subtly placed behind you at all. And that's even no, less no, it's, it's Yeah. Hmm. You, we're getting progressively less subtle, but it's absolutely fine. I really don't mind. I think it's kind of cool. Um, so I now know that your book is called Ditch the Act. And that the topic today wasn't personal branding or ditching the act or deciding what we're being called. It was, if nobody can find your business, there's no point in being in business. Um, and I had a friend, and I wanted to start with that, a little, a little story he told. He built websites, and he got all these clients, and they would say, build me a website. And he kind of said, yeah, but you need to get people to come. And if you don't actually push out and bring people towards you, it's like setting up a company or a, a shop in the middle of a field and expecting to sell whatever it is you've got to sell. What do you think of that analogy? Well, I, I think it's very parallel to one that I use around content. <laughs> and I say, if you create a post and you post it in the middle of a forest and no one's there, does the post actually exist? Oh, that's and, much more philosophical though, if I might say <laughs> so. That, we're getting really down a rabbit hole, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, uh, that truly in today's information age, if they can't find you, do you exist? And I, I really think I argue the answer is no. And so your business doesn't matter unless someone can find you. And I think that it does stitch into personal branding because personal branding is creating a digital footprint and little breadcrumbs that people can find. Right. Okay. And the little breadcrumbs that we follow. And but it, so in fact, what we would then say is we, we pick up the breadcrumbs and we end up making a loaf of bread. Would that be fair? Uh, you, 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 you drip breadcrumbs to bring people into the forest because you have to post it somewhere. And the problem is as you're just starting and if you don't have a lot of content or you don't have a well-established digital footprint, you have no choice but to post it in a forest where nobody's there. So you have a loaf of bread that you are chipping off and leaving breadcrumbs to come so that they get the other half as an incentive, some sort of value, some high value content, something that they get. And then all of a sudden they're eating this bread and they look up and then they see your post on a tree. Okay, you're supposed to eat the bread. I thought they just collected the bits of bread to remake the loaf of bread when well, they get the anyway. Thing, that's the tricky thing about the bread is that like, you know, Hansel and Gretel, they, the, 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 the trace disappears because they kept grabbing them or they got oh, right. Okay, yeah, you've been actually paying attention to the, to the stories people were telling you as a child, whereas I was just going, yeah, bit of bread, bring it all together. I've got a loaf of bread. Anyway, <laughs> Um, so, and that's one of my things is, is as a business or as a person, you're kind of trying to get yourself out there. And it's so frustrating because you're in this forest with nobody around, nobody's listening to you, nobody's paying attention. You get one or two people and you think, is it really worth it? And the answer is yes. I believe so. Okay. Jason, have you heard of what's called the invisible like? Ooh, no, but I okay, like it I made already. It I'm, I made it up. All right. So here, here's a well, quick just story. Now, this minute. No, no, I'm, I talk about this uh, in context oh. of personal branding. Oh, I thought I had a scoop. Uh, on, link, 
on LinkedIn, I noticed somebody complaining about this very issue saying, I'm posting, I'm doing what I should. Nobody's liking it. Nobody cares. It's like kind of a rant. And so I took that as inspiration and I replied and I went, people are seeing your content. They're just not liking it because as soon as they like it, they're involved in the conversation. Right. It's like the people that are standing, you know, they want to see what's going on but they don't want to be dragged into the circle. And so the concept is that if you base your content development plan or strategy on things that are liked, you're really basing it off of misinformation because you don't know the people that are right. invisibly liking it. So I called this guy out or, or person out without being mean, just kind of a, elevating the conversation. Somebody named Tommy Rock from oh, the right, Czech yeah. Republic. Without being mean, but you're going to say his name anyway. Yeah, you yeah. Just no, be no, no. Anonymous user. no, no. This is this is somebody else, not the person that was ranting about right, the sorry. posting. Somebody so commented I my some post. Poor guy out. <laughs> so Tommy Rock, a guy from the Czech Republic, and he said, "Ryan, you just said exactly what I've been doing to your posts over the last three years." He said, "I oh, found yeah. out about you three years ago, and I love your stick figures, and I've been following all of your stuff, but I've never actually liked anything." And that's what created this like, well, yes, there are people who are watching and picking these breadcrumbs. Furthermore, he became a friend. He's like always been looking for speaking opportunities for me in the Czech Republic. When he visited California, I happened to be in San Francisco, took him on a boat sailing and created this like real relationship offline based on the fact that for three years, he never liked anything. Yeah, so it's brilliant. <laughs> How many of those people see your content and don't like it? There, there's a no, lot. Well, wonderful. I was talking to Neil Schaefer, uh, who is now in the Knowledge Graph, thanks to this podcast. And I'm going to go on about that until everybody says, wow, isn't that wonderful? Uh, and he was talking about lurkers and the fact that 95% of people just look at stuff, 3% interact and 1% actually create any kind of content. And I find that phenomenally mind-blowing. Uh, and it's yeah. very encouraging to realize that people are looking at this stuff and they're taking the message in. They're just not necessarily... Um, explicitly talking about it or letting you know about it. Um, so if we now move on to the, the, the conversation, on if nobody knows that your business is there, obviously they can't come to you, which is a really, if I might say so, obvious statement. But it's something that businesses don't pay attention to, do you find? I, I do. And I look at things as outbound or inbound, okay, okay. from a marketing perspective. Um, I don't do outbound marketing. I don't pay for ads. I don't get all crazy with that. All of my marketing ends up being inbound. And I don't think companies are focused as much on the inbound. When it comes to corporations these days, I really believe people want to do business with people and not necessarily businesses. Mm. So if the businesses are not helping their employees be found online, there's a huge digital gap between connecting with the customers and the, the, the inherent networks that the employees have. But, so how does this... Sorry, come, you, you can finish that off in a moment. That, that just makes me think that brands, or especially smaller, smaller brands, I would imagine bigger brands, it doesn't really apply, but smaller brands are therefore relying on their own employees' personal brand and personal brand uh, out, outreach and outlook, and, and by definition, by extension, their personal brand SERPs, be it on Google, LinkedIn, YouTube. And I think we all forget, well, I forget that because I'm looking at, personal brand setups on Google, but there's also personal brand setups on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. When people search your name, uh, brands need to rely on their employees, you think? A hundred percent. So typically, companies have looked at investing in their employees through traditional professional development. 
how can we bring in speakers and do workshops and training so that you are better at your job, which makes sense, but it's very self-serving for the company. I think a modern type of professional development is saying, hey, we want to empower you not only with the skills to make you better at your job, but yep. we want to sh- we want to help you share your expertise and your story and your skills as a person independent of our company so that when people find you, then there's a positive brand halo with where you work. And then you're going to be proud of sharing that information. I know personally, I've talked to so many people and I've, I've wanted to know more about what they do. And they're just not excited about sharing it because they're not excited about what they're doing or they just don't know how to communicate that, like what their job is, the problem that they solve, that excitement. And if if you have an employee who's at a five top, a community table, socially distant, outside, <laughs> and people are not naturally bringing up what they do for work and talking about the exciting projects that they're working on, you're missing a huge element of organic inbound traffic. Because if I hear somebody and they're excited about their job, I'm going to check out that company. I'm, I'm going to be like, yeah. this person loves their job. Yeah, no, brilliant. And, and we just had a comment underneath, which was that a lot of companies tell their employees not to communicate on social media because right. they're worried that the employee will communicate badly or inappropriately. Uh, brands are terribly worried about their own image. So there is a playoff, isn't there, between asking your employees to talk about what, what they're into with your company and saying, actually, don't talk about it because we were you going to say something idiotic or, or embarrassing. Right. But here's the difference. If, uh, if I take you and I just throw you off of my boat and hope that you can swim or not, I don't have a lot of control over that. Okay. Yeah. And that's what employ- that's what these employers are doing. They're saying like, like, you know, they're kind of like they're, they're throwing people sort of off the boat, but instead if we work on teaching you how to swim and encouraging you to jump off yourself with parameters, maybe we put a life jacket on you. Maybe we make sure that you know the actual corporate policy when it comes to social media and we can have a discussion about that. So, you know, the borders and then I can hold you responsible if you go outside of that. Okay. But it's like, you know, um, yes, businesses worries about employers, Getting too much well, power. I, I, I was I was going to ask that as well. Is what happens when the person leaves the business? They take their power with them. Here's the thing, though: if you're not investing in the personal brands and personal development of your employees, they will leave. There's a lot of people that once remote work started, and if they weren't getting the support that they needed from their court, they're going somewhere else. And that's a huge misnomer. The more like, so I work at the University of California Irvine, and I've been there for five years, and I also run my own professional speaking business, and I and I do consulting. If UCI didn't support what I'm doing outside of work, I would have left a long time ago. I have a loyalty to them. I really love what I do there because I can talk to my boss about speaking in Haiti later on today. And he's like, go get him. So once you have this transparency, once you're able to ditch the act with your employees and ask your employees, like, what are your professional goals? What, What are your personal goals? How can we support that? Would you like to, would you like to write a guest blog? Would you like to be a guest speaker on our, on our YouTube series? The more you give power to employees, the more loyalty you create and it builds trust. But, and, and that also plays into the EIT debate in the SEO world to expertise, authority and trust uh, in the SEO search engine optimization world, just to be very clear, is that companies are gonna need, I mean, if we look at our entity based 
content model is that the reason that we can leverage things into the knowledge graph and we can get Google to understand all this stuff is because it already has entities that it understands and we're just indicating relationships. And uh, companies are, uh, depending on these relationships now, for that EIT to say, actually, we're trustworthy because this person who works for us has a reputation, an authority or an expertise, would that be fair? Oh, we've lost Ryan. We can't hear him anymore. That is very fair. Oh, right. I was just, it was just a dramatic pause. No, I was actually on mute for a second, <laughs> but yes. It was a dramatic pause with mouth movement, which was entirely original. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, you just did another one. Yeah. So, uh, uh, companies, I mean, what you're saying is one reason is companies need to rely on their employees or use their employees or, or help their employees to actually push their message out. But it's also for their own expertise and authority because all of the entities are getting linked together and Google's understanding this person works for this brand who is a partner with this brand uh, who sells this product. And all of that gets linked together. And each of these entities brings its own power to what you talked earlier on. I can't remember exactly what you said, but a network. It's a private yeah, little no, network. Well, can, can we make a stretch? And I'm, I'm yep. speaking off the you cuff now. You can make now. a big, yep. Big stretch. Can we say that to invest in your employee's personal brand is analogous, is, is an analogy or comparable to creating more backlinks on your website? I would say it is. Uh, I, I, as you say, it, it's, I don't think it's a stretch, but I think it's definitely debatable and a lot of people would debate that. Um, but if, I mean, links on... Links from pages to pages, which in SEO we've all been obsessed are, about, are simply relationships between entities. You've got two pages that are entities with a relationship. And all we're now saying is we don't need to rely on pages and physical uh, hyperlinks. We can say uh, Jason Barnard talks with Ryan Folan. Ryan Folan and Jason Barnard have a relationship. It's not a very close relationship, but it is a relationship. Ryan Folan has a relationship with this podcast through the fact that you've been on it. That's a close relationship. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely convinced that that's the way we're going. And then when you look at Google's results, you see these entities appearing more and more in entity boxes and knowledge panels. Um, and it's getting stronger and it's getting more and more important, uh, which is completely Google-focused. But you're actually looking wider than that at Facebook and, and LinkedIn. But they're all graph knowledge graphs too. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I've just been going No, on. no, no. I, I'm, I'm following you for sure. One thing that I, I enjoy challenging people to think about is whether someone will hire you or yep. your company for their expertise or their experience. What would you say right. if I had, and this could be small, medium, large, but just hypothetically, are you going to hire me as a person or a company based on my expertise or my experience? What's your gut tell you? Oh, do I have to choose just one? I can't say yeah. Yeah, yeah. the expert. I mean, the next well, question I, is, what I would go, I, chicken or the egg? Well, I would go with expertise simply because experience doesn't mean to say you're good at it. Okay. So I would argue the opposite and say Ooh. people think that they're hired for their expertise. But in actuality, these days, everybody can pop up and be like, I'm an expert. But how do I know you're an expert? I know you're an expert based on your expertise. The same thing as somebody who's trying to get a job at a company that they want. If I say I'm an expert at all this stuff, I'm be like, okay, sounds good, but show me. I want to see the experience. Like, let's look past the resume and see like what actually was going on there. So well, I think so, that sorry, the more well, the, well, the, the, no, the chicken and the egg thing. Sorry, I, I like it because you've got the expertise can't exist without the experience, but the experience yes. doesn't necessarily bring expertise. So let's say that you do a Google search on me. 
Um, are I've you going to judge yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you might see certain things, but but the real power of Googling me is that for pages and pages and all this, you see all this stuff. So you see my experience. You see these videos of pe people talking about my experience. And it's not me just saying I'm an expert. And that's where the comment is that like, there's an art of promoting yourself while still not making it about you. It's about your experiences. It's about your stories. It's about your interactions with people. It's about your failures and what you've learned to make you who you are. So if you are encouraging your employees to go out there and share their experiences, it reinforces their expertise and it does a positive brand halo on the actual company. Right. Okay. And then what about authority? I mean, let, let, let's, let's push it further. We've got expertise, yeah. we've got experience. Authority, what makes somebody authoritative? I mean, my, my take would be uh, expertise is being correct, saying the right things, being, being right about the solutions you're bringing to people. Authority mm -hmm. is about being appreciated by your peers and trust is about being appreciated by your clients or your audience. What do you think of yeah. that? So I, I like that. I'm going to make a small tweak to it. Your <laughs> expertise is saying the right things and, and being on point with what you're saying. Obviously, research backed and like, you know, not just a bunch of just fluff. And I think that your authority is when other people refer to you as a resource of expertise. So I, t I call it validation. So when but I look at Would you limit it to peers or would you say anybody? including oh, your audience. Forbes, Fortune, Entrepreneur, like it, entities. So I call okay. it validation. You say authority, I say validation. So when I can point to say, sure, I've been featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur and Inc. and I've been named a top market, all these things. That's not me saying, look at me, I'm the best. It's somebody else saying it. So, so you, you, the way yeah. But so, you know, that, was, that was beautifully placed. I like the way you did that. You, you, that you good, slipped right? that in and then said, but that's not me saying it. <laughs> No, but the, the reality is that, that you have to get other people to validate your yep. authority. And so when I work with somebody or, or companies on branding, it's, it's four V's, vision, voice, volume, validation. Vision right. is where you want to go. Voice is the, the medium in which you're sharing your message. Volume is to syndicate and be smart. But validation is the final step. That's what people think that they are looking for. But you can't get validated. You can't get featured in publications. You can't get invites to podcasts. You can't do that unless you can stitch backwards and find out that it's rooted from your expertise, which is from your experience, which is from when things didn't go right. And the whole book, Ditch the Act, is premised on you can actually get ahead by sharing what doesn't go right. Because what you're doing is you're sharing how you've learned along the way. And it comes across as more authentic. Yeah, sure. I, sorry, I'll come back to that in a moment. But the the uh, your your idea of validation is actually a, a mixture of authority and trustworthiness. Sure. Well, here's the thing with trustworthiness, uh, and this stitches back to the liking that we talked about originally. <laughs> I believe that people are trying, oftentimes, trying to post to get people to like the post or to yep. like them. But if you strictly just try to get people to like your stuff without letting them know who you are then they never will actually trust you. So it plays on the old idiom that people have to first get to know you so that they can decide whether or not they like you based on information. Yep. And then if they like you based on knowing you, then they will trust you. And then trust over time becomes loyalty. So for an executive, if you look at their bio and it's like, I'm a badass, 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 but there's no like human elements. You, you didn't see anything where they faltered or failed then you don't necessarily right. get to know them. So you uh, don't really, really like them. 
and you're not really, really going to trust them. Brilliant. No, I'm sorry. I like the idea that trust over time brings loyalty. And in fact, we could work that way, that would, that way back, excuse me, stitch it back, as you said, uh, is that loyalty, if you can see loyalty, if Google can measure loyalty or if YouTube can measure loyalty or Facebook, then they can assume trustworthiness because of that loyalty, which is uh, something in the SEO industry, at least we're trying to find out or trying to figure out is how can we measure this kind of trustworthiness and authority. And, and loyalty is a nice way to measure trustworthiness. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. but we've rather gone off topic. We've kind of gone complete. I mean, we're not now trying to get people to come to our business. No, but, but we, this is all on topic because- Oh, is it? All right, brilliant. Not, Thank you. If you're not putting yourself out there and you're not creating content and there's no breadcrumbs or you stop creating content because- you, you don't think anybody's seen it, then you won't be found. You won't create the thread to stitch together these pages or search, um, you know, algorithms to get you to where they can find you. Yeah, and, and sorry, that, that I found that very interesting, very encouraging. People stopping creating content because they think that other people aren't interested. And the fact that people aren't liking doesn't mean to say they're not paying attention and they're not interested. It's those lurkers that uh, Neil Schaefer was talking about. Um, and yeah. I mean, from my point of view, you kind of you're saying I'm creating all this content. It's a lot of effort, and this this podcast has been going on for a year and a half, and it's starting to really take shape. But for a long time, I kind of thought oh, people aren't really paying attention, but they are. So but maybe they are. But, yeah. but maybe they aren't for a certain amount of time. But th like with podcasts, there's some crazy statistics that you know, like ninety percent of podcasts don't get past like seven episodes or something. Like people just really? stop. Yeah, like there's and 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 I'm saying this is maybe you can not quote me on that, but you can do research. A majority of podcasts don't make it past a certain amount of episodes. Right. Okay. It's a, it's a longer term game. So doing exactly what you're doing and it being more of a marathon than a sprint is really how you build a brand, how you build a business, yeah. how you build trust, all of that. But I mean, that's all content strategies and and, mm -hmm. and your brand. I mean, kind of you're saying, I, I want to build my brand and it's got to be very long term. Oh, there's a question for you. One of the things that always strikes me is that the bosses of companies, obviously not private owned companies, but uh, they're short term. They're saying, I've got a job until until I don't perform or I'm not perceived to be performing. Therefore, I can't look at the long term. I don't give a hoot whether the company fails in five years' time because I probably won't be there anymore. What can brands do about that? Invest in making sure that they create uh, some sense of loyalty and longer-term play, right? Okay. I mean, if, if, you're, if, if somebody's more of a churn and burn, I would assume that there's not really that communication or connection about that person's interests. The person's leaving maybe because they want more money. So if there's not this trust or authenticity within that working relationship, then how do I know that just giving you a little bit more money is going to keep you on the team or understanding that maybe it's not a right fit. So many people in, in corporate America don't truly communicate honestly. And that's why you get people that are headhunted and disappear. You're like, oh crap, I wish I would have actually had a real conversation and found out what was going on with that person. Yeah. And that's why um, treating people as people and, and sharing what's not working is just as important as reporting on all the good reports. But I mean, that, that sounds really lovely and it's what kind of we all hear and what we all want to hear and what we all perhaps say. But in fact, the reality is people within companies are not often treated particularly well. They're treated as a, a, a cog in the wheel that will help make money. Sure. And that's fundamentally what needs to change. And those cogs will continue to fall off and they'll either start their own gig or they'll become a freelance or they'll do something else where they're more appreciated. 
if you're not appreciated, especially now when people have kids at home and there's this pandemic, like work is more stressful. So where am I investing my time? I want to do it in a place where I'm appreciated. And sometimes being appreciated just means that you're listened to. Brilliant. We're going to end it there because that's a perfect quote. <laughs> a quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Ryan. It was fun and I'm sad to say that it's time to go. 